0: welcome to journey church at home our church exists to help people find god experience freedom discover their purpose and make a difference if you would like to learn more about our church please visit us at ourjourney.tv and now here's pastor Kamar Ritchie. all right so we have this, uh, this theme that uh, Vince gave me, he said, we're doing messy church, and I want you to, to come and preach on this idea of messy church. And uh, like Vince said, we, we've become friends uh, uh, over some time, and as friends, I can honestly say that he said that, and I was like, no, I don't feel like doing that, um, because I don't like that theme, and forget you, Vince. <laughs> and so I was doing my own thing, and that's what I did. And then it was about beginning of October... I was reading through uh, the Atlantic newspaper, and I came across this article. Uh, the name of the article was, Should Princeton Exist? And the idea was, should the University of Princeton even exist with all of its money and funding and everything? And there was this quote that they had in there, you can go ahead and show the quote. Uh, this, this lady, Emma Green, who wrote it, she said, at the end of the article, she said, we're all muddled, we're all messy, confused beings. And I read that, I was like, well, I guess I'm preaching on Messy Church after all. <laughs> um, because that, that struck a chord with me. Um, because as I saw that, as I read that, the thing that instantly came to my mind that I, I actually started to think about was, was family, family. I have a picture, my, my father-in-law took some pictures of us on Thursday of our, of our time for Thanksgiving. You can put those up for us, please. Um, and he's not in the picture because he was taking the pictures but you have our, this is our family on Thursday um, you've got my, my wife and, and our kids most of them our oldest one could make it down you have my mother-in-law my, my brother-in-law you have my parents you've got our, our friend Marjorie from Dogwood you got my other friend Andrew and his son Tim we're supposed to have the whole family there but the rest was out of town so we got the leftovers we called them um, you know this is, this is our, our, our messy family that we have it, it's It's a mess. It was a mess. In that that short time frame, at that one table, we talked about everything from making Russia go bankrupt through OPEC to inappropriate things that our dads have in the houses. (laughs) Seriously, it all happened. And and I felt a little bit confused because Marge was like, this feels great. It feels like my own family. I'm like, I'm sorry. I wish your family was better than this. But she, she, she said it was from her home. You have all this, but the thing about family is that when you think about family, family is also life, right? If you want to reduce life down to the smallest component, human life, the smallest component of human life is family. You got your dad, you got your mom, you got your kids, and that multiplies and that grows, but, but family is the most basic symbol of life. That's, that's what it boils down to. And, and if Journey is going to be a healthy church, it needs to be a healthy family. Well, one of the things I understand that, that when, when Vince shares with me the, the vision God has given him for the future of this church is that it's not about just making a church with lots of people in it, making money, making him look good. It's not about that. It's about being a healthy faith community. And you can't have that without being a healthy family because that is life. But here's the interesting thing is that, is that when you think about families, there's no such thing as a healthy, tidy family. I mean, think about it. Think about it. A healthy family is not neat. I've shared this, this idea with a couple of other men and, and women out there in the community as I was preparing to, to preach this, this this Sunday. And they, they talk about like, oh yeah, I, I know some families and, and everything looks good on the outside, but man, it's a mess underneath. They, 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 they backstab one another. They're always out to get one another. Like, like they put on a good front in public and there's no health there. And I think about my own family. I mean, granted, we have the five kids at home, so that's part of it. But, but the truth is that it's, it's always messy there. Because, because a healthy family is a messy family. It really is. And this isn't just me thinking this. This is something we actually see in Scripture. Uh, in fact, I, I, as we're going to go through this looking at family, I had these, these series of, of vignettes of family life that really just shows how messy a healthy family is. The first one is family meals. We see this in Exodus 12. In Exodus chapter 12, we, we have this time when God is telling the people, all right, I'm going to finally bring you out, but first, let's have a family meal, all right? And, and, and starting in verse 7 here in chapter 12, it says, it says, Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it its head with its legs and its inner parts, and you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn." All right, so, so think about this. This is, this is a meal, right? Um, and I don't know if you've ever killed anything. I, I recently, just so you guys are aware, I've recently become a certified tree hunter. I'm amazing. I hunt trees. Um, that happened. <laughs> but, but if you've killed anything other than a tree, um, you, you will know that it gets messy. I've actually also we killed some chickens before, too. That's messy. It's messy to kill something, right? It, blood gets everywhere. And you can imagine these men, and, and they're slaughtering this, this lamb, and they got to spread the, the blood over the doorpost. That's messy. And then you sit there and you have to eat this thing. That's, that's messy. It's, it's messy. I, I think of my, my, oldest, my youngest son, Uzziah. He God love him. But when he eats, he, he eats like we say it's like he's been to prison or something. Um, <laughs> he's got elbows out like this. And he's like over his food and he's just shoveling it in his face. And, and it's like, son, why what, don't, don't be so, me-. but it's just like, that's how he enjoys his food. It, it, sometimes like, son, just slow down, please. And he just can't help himself. He's got his mom on one side, brother, just elbowing him out and just shoveling the food in his, it's, it's messy. When you have family meals, family meals are messy, right? And, and it's not just, just, just messiness on you, right? You have, you have messy hands, you have messy mouths, you have messy clothes and that's what it is to have a family meal. It's a mess. It gets all over your hands. You can imagine them huddled over the fire, eating this, this meal. And, and, and it goes on in the verses to say they have their, their clothes on. They're ready to get running, right? And, and their hands are just covered with food. Like, I oh, we just got to eat this down. Oh, man, now we got to burn the rest of it. we got to hurry up and, and eat this thing. It's, it's a mess. And it's healthy. It's healthy to get messy when you're having a, fa- a family meal. That's just how it goes. But not just family meals. There's another one, family vacations. My my wife and I, we we love to go on family vacations with our kids, and and we are arguably a little insane because we like to drive with our family. So, you know, my wife and I and our five kids in the van, and we just drive for hundreds of miles a day. Um, It's great. We love it. We're a little off. Um, But when you think of family vacations, family vacations, they're all so messy. Here's a part we have here in Luke. See, I don't know if you realize this, but Jesus went on family vacations too. He did. Actually, they had an annual one. His family had a tradition of going on vacation every year to Jerusalem. We see this in Luke. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. That same Passover we just read about, right? The first one. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, can you just imagine? Like, it's bad enough you, I mean, it's, maybe this is where they got the idea for Home Alone. I don't know. But like, I mean, just, you lost him. After three days, they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. I mean, this, this is a mess of a family trip, right? I mean, I don't know how big your families are. We, we did a family trip over the summer and there was a, a brief moment where some of our kids were off with, with my nieces and, and, and her kids and, and we weren't sure where they were. And it got a little scary, but that was what, like five, 10 minutes maybe at the tops? I mean, three days? Three days, but, I, but it's a family vacation, it's a trip, and, and, and things don't go according to plan because on family vacations, right, you have a messy car, messy plans, and messy minds. Like I said, we, we pile seven people into a car. It's a mess when we're done. Things are all over the place. But it was a good vacation. M- messy plan. I, I, I'm the sort of person, my wife, God-lover, she deals with me, I have plans. I'm like, we're going to go this many hundred miles today. And then we get two hours down the road, and she's asleep, and my, my audiobook is getting good, and everything's great. And you hear a little voice in the back, uh, Mommy. It's like, oh. Mom's asleep. What do you want? I, I'm hungry. Too bad. We're driving. <laughs> my book just got good. I have a plan here. We're following my plan. Well, I, I need to go to the bathroom. No, you don't. We, we, we need to get to a certain place. I have a plan. And then Laura wakes up. Uh, I think we should stop and go to the bathroom. Oh, man, that's going to be like two hours. We can't do this, I have plans. Or then we get to where we're going and, and like this past week and we, had, we get to where we're going and I forgot all of my stuff, like literally all of my stuff because my mind is a mess. But it's still healthy. It's messy, but it's healthy. So, so you have the, the family meals and family vacations, but you also have family portraits. Family portraits I are mean, like, oh, somebody, somebody's like, oh, why'd you have to bring that up? Well, because it's in the Bible too. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Matthew, we have this wonderful genealogy of the family of Christ, right? And, and really, this is like a family portrait, a family portrait. Starting in chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So in other words, this is going to be a picture of his family, right? Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. And Perez, the father of Hezron, and Hezron, the father of Ram. And Ram, the father of Minadab, and minadab the father of Nashon. And Nashon, the father of Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David, the king. And David was the father of Solomon, by the wife of Uriah. And Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. And Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. And Abijah, the father of Asaph. If you spend time in the Old Testament, each one of these names has a huge story behind them. There's a a lot of gospel in just this little list right here. But what's really interesting is just look at the four women that are mentioned. And and I don't mean this in a a chauvinistic, misogynistic way, but but I really, when I look at their stories, I feel like these women are more a reflection on the men than on themselves. Because there's an interesting character we see in this portrait of Jesus' family just in these women. You've, you've You've got two men who actually loved women despite where they came from. With Salman and Boaz, you have them saying that even though these women aren't Jews like us, we don't care where they're from. We love them. And we're going to treat them with love and respect. Sounds like good men. But then you also have uh, Tamar. Tamar's story is interesting because essentially Judah, the Judah, right, was not a very good guy. Here he is, he, he is the father in law of Tamar. Her husband dies, she deserves certain things, and he finds ways to sneak his way out of it. And so pretty much to get what she deserves, she dresses up, pretends to be a prostitute, because apparently Judah loved prostitutes, <laughs> pretends to be a prostitute, tricks him into impregnating her, and then tricks him into providing for her. That's the sort of man Judah was. Well, then you have David, the David, who apparently didn't have a problem with sleeping with another man's wife and then killing him to cover up the pregnancy. That's the family portrait of Jesus. That, that's the family part. I, I'm thinking even about my, my, my own sister. She called me up on Friday. She was distraught. We don't have the same mother biologically. And, and she was upset because her mom had disappointed her and not showing up like she had promised for Thanksgiving. Coming up with excuse after excuse. Next thing you know, she's not on the train, and she's not there. And she's just devastated. Wanted to just talk to her little brother just to feel better. And that's why I said, yeah, sounds like what I'm preaching on on Sunday. Family's messy. Family's messy. And when we think about our own family and all the messes and all the abuses and, and all the, the, the heartache and the hurt and sometimes the joy too, it's messy. Family portraits are messy. Messy lives, messy stories, messy scene. And yet, that's actually healthy. Because my sister and I, we can talk about the, the problems in our family and the disappointments, but we talk about it. We talk about it that's healthy i know i know other people even within our own family who won't talk about it they just bottle it up inside and they just get worse and fester and and then lash out other people that's not healthy it may be a mess but hey we own that mess we talk about that mess it's our mess (laughs) it's our family and and, and as long as we're embracing and, and living in that mess we can actually be healthy despite it being so messy so we have these family meals, family vacations, family portraits, and then we also have family gatherings. A family gathering is not quite the same as a family meal, right? Because I can sit down and have a meal with just my wife and kids, and that's a family meal, but family gatherings are bigger. Some of you guys might have had something like that this past week. You know, with, with the holiday season, that's a, a lot of what's happening. A lot of the heartache from COVID has been how it's destroyed family gatherings. I know many of us are sitting there saying, but, but hopefully this year, Hopefully this year we can get back together because we miss the family gatherings. There's one family gathering I wanna to mention to you guys here, uh, going to John. This is another family gathering that, that I can guarantee you Jesus took part in. In and, and John chapter 10, just verse 22, it says, at that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter. The Feast of Dedication. The Feast of Dedication is Hanukkah. Just watch. see? That's why I got a shirt, see? <laughs> Told you Vince, it, it, it actually. <laughs> It actually has a purpose in the sermon, so I'm wearing it. <laughs> and for those of you online, I'm sorry you missed it. I mean, it ended yesterday. But for you guys who are here right now, tonight's actually the first night of Hanukkah. It actually is, okay? And, and, and what Hanukkah is, is a celebration of family time. It's, it's a family gathering. I promise you, Jesus celebrated this. He looked forward to it as a little boy because Hanukkah was an amazing, wonderful time for Jewish people. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Hanukkah right here. I got a picture for you of the guy who started it. Go ahead, go to the next one. I found a picture that Vince would approve of. This is a real comic book, <laughs> all right? About Judah Maccabee, okay? And, he was, and Maccabee actually was a nickname he was given that meant the hammer. Like, that's what it meant. I mean, he's, he's the hammer of God. And the idea was that this was a man, and, and him and his family, they lived in Israel during a time of, of occupation, all right? This is a couple hundred years before Christ was born, where, where the people of Israel, they were occupied by foreign powers. And he said, you know what, I'm tired of this mess. I'm not doing this anymore. Sons, let's get together. We're going to kill them, destroy them, defeat them. And they went up against what was the strongest army of the time, the Seleucid Empire, which is him and his sons as guerrilla warriors hiding out in caves. They actually won. They won. They drove out the enemy out of Jerusalem, reclaimed the temple in God's name, and they get into the temple and they say, hey, we gotta light the menorah. We have the special seven branch candle stand that's supposed to stand in God's presence and be lit at all times. We've cleaned out the temple. We need to light God's candle. We need to light God's light right now. And they came and said, yeah, but uh, we only got enough oil for one day. And it takes seven days to make more. They say, light the candle. <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> Eight days later, that candle was still burning. And so Hanukkah is this celebration of the fact that you have a time when a man stood up and led his family and righteousness said, we are going to reclaim this territory for God. And they move in, they reclaim it for God, and they shine God's light, and God provides miraculously to give them enough while they rededicate it correctly. And so you have these eight nights of remembering when God moved and God showed up. And this time right now, Jesus is saying that it was during that time when families gather together and celebrate God's providence that all you have to do is just step out and start doing what God says, and he'll meet you there and sustain you as you keep doing what God says. Hanukkah's a beautiful time, an amazing time. And and, and it's a great time too, because because we see this idea of of this tradition, right? And, and, And when it comes to family gatherings, we have this messy world, messy reputations, and messy traditions. Family gatherings bring all of that out. Because the the idea of the Maccabees is a great example of what we see in our own family. It's it's a messy world out there. I mean, just getting to the house you're going to for the gathering, it's going to be a mess. Maybe you're like me and just the struggle of getting socks on all the right feet and the shoes on the right feet, and then those bottoms in the right car, that alone is a mess, right? Or or maybe it's just reputations because you're sitting down and you're sitting next to that one uncle that you really would rather not be near. And you're sitting next to him? Because, man, but you know what he just did last week? I I mean, I have, we joke about, God rest his soul, Uncle Sonny passed away years ago, but the the joke in our family is that we don't know how many kids he had. We really don't know how many kids he has. (laughs) We really don't. Um, I have no idea. (laughs) That was Uncle Sonny. I mean, like, that's that's him. and traditions you know well well, grandma used to make it this way well yeah but now i make it that way my wife was just sharing a tradition about the way her grandmother um made potatoes and realizing how she used like canned everything and powdered everything and it's just like well i mean i still love her (laughs) still love her and it still tasted good but that was the tradition that was the way she made that's that's what family gatherings are and 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 it's messy but it's healthy it's healthy I was talking with, with, with Brother Dale Yardin there about, about what I was preparing for today, and, and he mentioned a verse to me. He said, you know what reminds me of, Kamar? I'm like, what? He said, like, reminds me of this verse in Proverbs. He said, it reminds me of what I see in Proverbs 14, 4. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. Brother Dale was someone like, yeah, that reminds me. you talk about this the, the idea of messiness and being healthy? Like, reminds me of that because you can't have a healthy barn without it being a messy barn. That's right, that's right. It's going to be messy when it's healthy because it's productive, because you're producing something. You're fruitful. It, it, it requires that messiness. I was like, you know what? You, thank you, Dale, because that's that's what's tying it together because we talked about this you know is that the family is the most basic unit of life right the most basic symbol of life and 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 if journey's going to be a healthy church it needs to be a healthy family and there's no such thing as a healthy tidy family because a healthy church is a messy church a healthy church is a messy church if you're going to be healthy you're going to be messy Maybe that's gonna mean that your hands are gonna be dirty because you're actually out there doing something. Or maybe your reputation will get dirty because you're out there and you're living your life for Christ and people are talking bad about you because you're in so-called bad neighborhoods or bad homes because you love the people and it gets messy. Or, Or you know what, maybe you have to deal with messy plans because hey, Vince had this great idea of doing something but then God had a different plan. And messed up the plan and now it looks messy but hey it's healthy A healthy church is a messy church and, and if you guys are going to be a healthy church you don't run from the mess so you see, think about like I was saying with the, those other families where where they they encounter the messiness in their lives and they run from it we don't want to talk about that we don't want to talk about that one uncle who did the inappropriate thing we don't want to talk about that time when mom wasn't there and we wanted her to be there. We don't want to talk about the time when the kids, you know, stole our stuff and went out and ran in the streets. And those families are not healthy because they don't talk about it. When, when that messiness shows up in this church, if you run from it, you're running from God. You're running from what he means to do in his church with his people. Because a healthy church is a messy church. and It's a beautiful thing. My wife and I, we, we talk sometimes and I say, I look forward to when the kids are all gone because then I can have a life. <laughs> I mean, I do, I say these things. We, we have weird conversations, my wife and I. She's married to me, so what do you expect? Um, <laughs> but the truth is, is that we, we look at our, our parents' lives, you know, the, the grandparents, and we see how they have literally packed up and moved and rearranged their lives to stay near us and our messiness because that is what life is about. And so I'll sit there and I'll say, I look forward to, you know, when the kids are all out, I also say I look forward to having 20, 30 grandkids, because that's the upside of having you know five biological children and our oldest one we adopted, we got six kids. I might get 30 grandkids. And, and I look forward to having that many so I have an excuse to not know their names. Not just because I'm old, but, there's that's too many of them. It's, it's, it'll be a mess, but it'll be, it'll be full of life to be full of life i'm not sure where god is taking you all as a church but i'll tell you this if where he's taking you is a place of life it will be messy thank you for being a part of journey church at home if you would like more information about journey church please visit us at ourjourney.tv see you next week